La, la, yeah. la, la, wait till I get my money right. Oh. I had a dream I could buy my way to heaven. When I woke, I smit that on a necklace. Hello and welcome to another episode of Dissecting Merits with Swell Jams. It is a pleasure to have you on board this flight. Um, I'll be your captain today. Uh, no one else in the cockpit though, so let's hope I steer this thing to safety. Firstly, let me say thank you very much to Lucas for uh, a, a real deep dive into one of Kendrick's, uh, one of his best songs, certainly on the album. In his catalogue, that's that's for you to decide. Um, but I think, as you could all tell, that certainly ranked up there for Lucas, and and so it did for me. So I hope you enjoyed that one. Uh, unfortunately, it won't be as much of a deep dive into this upcoming song. Um, but it was good to set the bar so high in the first place, so at least we know what we can reach for, for future episodes. Uh, you might be hearing this this episode a little bit late, uh, I've just flown in from Jersey, it was uh, my grandma's 90th, uh, so happy birthday to her, <laughs> but the, uh, the the Wi-Fi was patchier than her quilt. Yeah, I prepared that line. Anyway, feedback. Well, I've, I've heard smatterings of, of different things about our, our discussion. I think that's an inevitable consequence of what was a cagey and fraught and at times controversial topic. I won't... <laughs> I will bear no grudges against anyone that thought that because it's true. It's true. Look, what I'll say is this, as a, as a broad response to what I've received so far. It's a, it's, a, it's a murky issue, and we perhaps could have been clearer in what we were saying, but at the same time, it's an ongoing discussion. Um, we may have sounded unclear in a lot of areas, but I think to be definitive and conclusive on, on a topic as, as sensitive and, well, as amorphous as, as that would be, doing the topic a disservice. So I felt we did a good job of opening the discussion for more discussions, because that's what conversation is, that's what humanity was founded on, communication and building forward. You know, it's not an open and shut case, it's not the OJ trial. Uh, so, uh, I, I thank the people that have been in touch, um, and uh, happy to answer any more of your questions. So, thanks a lot. Uh, but for now, it's uh, uh, hip-hop news. Well, that first piece of news, it, as I've said in previous pods, it's been an absolute harvest in terms of good hip-hop uh, this summer. I mean, we've been, we really have been treated, and if you're not a huge hip-hop fan, you really do need to appreciate that these things, they come in cycles, and I mean, 2017 was very much a lean year. This year's gonna be a good year. What does 2019 hold? I don't know. I wonder if rappers have a suspicion where, you know, it's like when you turn on the TV and you're, you're turning up the volume and People have this unease with, with the number 19 or an odd number. I'm wondering, is that going through J. Cole or Kendrick's head? I don't want to be dropping in 2019, that's bad fortune. Or are they looking at 2020 and thinking it's the Tokyo Olympics? I want to capitalise on that. I don't know how the two would really relate to one another, but maybe it's just that, you know, that symmetry. Well, I suppose it's not really symmetry, it'd be more 2002 was symmetry. Although the two's facing the wrong way, but it's that, it's that kind of you know, similarity or the, the likeness of those two numbers, 2020, that may appeal to it. I could, I could see Drake branding all over that. 
but we've gone in too far into this. But look, the key point, savour this summer because it's been a good one. And off the back of that, the two most recent entrants into this bumper harvest were, were Travis Scott's Astroworld and, and Nicki Minaj's Queens, uh, which I have spoken about uh, in previous pods and I've mentioned their, uh, how, they, how they've received favourable views. Um, and, uh, you know, I'm not a huge Travis Scott fan, but uh, I can certainly appreciate a, a, a well-constructed, well-produced album. And uh, my friends that are fans of his, I, I know, massively enjoyed it, universally, across the board. So, uh, well done, Travis. And I think we all know that about my admiration for Nicki Minaj. She's, she's my favourite female artist across the board. Um, she's top ten, if not top five, all artists. Um, and I'll, I'll restate that I thought this was a good album that she put forward, but uh, where the news comes in here is that she she was knocked off her second place perch by by uh, Travis Scott's Astroworld. Um, so in the billboards that is. Uh, so Scott, well that's the that's the overall billboard in the hip hop. She was knocked off the top, uh, or I'm not even she made top, but as it stands, Scott is considerably further ahead than her. Scott sold uh, 110,003 total album equivalents that's incorporating you know streams and stuff but uh, to isolate one of that one piece of data there he's uh, got had a total streaming count of 102 million uh, uh, so that's ridiculous that's obscene um, and that's compared to Nikki's 94,500 total album sales and 84 million streams. So she hasn't done so well there. Now there is some context here, which I'm going to build up towards. But just for just for further context, uh, in the in the overall Billboard, both lost out to Ariana Grande's Sweetener album. Um, she's obviously got a huge fan base and much more mainstream appeal than her her rapping counterpart. So <clears throat> I don't really want to involve her in this medley because it is you know, essentially a medley, or perhaps uh, more of a fuselade launched by Nikki. Um, I think we really saw this this feisty side from her music come out into her Twitter figure, should we say. She's she's not pleased with these charting numbers, and she launched an attack on quite a few different bodies and institutions. Uh, so, in this Twitter storm, uh, she... She she began with Scott, who is her number one target. She was she obviously not happy with uh, losing out to him. She attributed his success uh, of the album to to the promotion that his girlfriend Kylie did and their daughter. I don't know if they fiance maybe they are or maybe they're even married. So I should have checked that. I'm not really into the whole uh, entertainment value of hip hop. I'm more into it for the, the music. Although I can see this is quite entertaining. And she she lambasted him as this auto-tuned man and that he was using her, her his daughter and his girlfriend for, for 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 the purpose of album sales and you know he kind of had a point that uh, his his album tour uh, he's promising all these bundle packages doing meeting groups with Kylie and his daughter. Uh, so and considering the the clout and the sway that uh, uh, that Kylie has you know I I, I I don't think it's implausible that it had uh, an effect on, on the sales. So, does Nick have a point? Yes. Could she have handled this in a better way? Perhaps. I don't know why she was in such a frenzied state, but um, 
that's for her to know, me to probably never find out. Uh, she also had a, a, a pretty overt dig at Spotify because she felt that the, the, the music body was punishing her because she gave Apple Music uh, some uh, some preview material. So again, we're, we're sort of tapping into this issue of streaming competition and note how, how Jay-Z's title just does not get a mention because that thing is foundering. And frankly, I, I really... I really don't think the outlook is looking too rosy for that company and you know hopefully it does go under because you know the last thing people need is someone you know blocking their music from every other site and then just launching exclusive on this you know inaccessible music website where you have to pay something like 20 pound a month so Taylor Swift can get her gold plated shower a month earlier than, than what she'd normally get from Spotify plays or something. You know, it just irks me. It, and it's to pity because the biggest loss is obviously Jay-Z. We don't, we're not getting his music uh, into, into Spotify. So my, uh, my hip-hop playlist effectively halved. Um, I'm obviously being uh, hyperbolic. I'm exaggerating somewhat. But, you know, you get the point. I had a lot of Jay-Z songs. Uh, and then, and then, lastly, she had a she had a small go at Ariana. Uh, I mean, I felt she kind of by this point, she I felt she kind of used up her most of her Twitter rage on the previous two, and she she just inferred that Grande was being uh, a little bit duplicitous in, in the way she behaved. You know, encouraging Nikki to go get it, and then you know, I I, I don't know the details, but she had a slight pop at her, not a dig, but a pop. And there is a difference, um, but then she kind of, she kind of, uh, you know, stuck her head out the parapet and, uh, you know, jumped in the water. Realized it wasn't that cold, and I think reality sunk in a bit. And she, 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 she just said she was playing around. Um, I don't know to what extent that was her management saying, "Nikki, cool it. You, you're losing the plot. You're turning into Azela Banks here, Azelia Banks." Um, but either way. It's all foreplay, because what we care about is the music, and she dropped a very good album, so she shouldn't read too much into uh, sales numbers when she knows she's in it for the art. So, well done, well done, Nikki. Number two, Logic, a very talented rapper, uh, has announced that uh, he will be dropping a new album, his fourth commercial LP, uh, at the end of September, September 28th, uh, Young Sinatra 4. Um, hopefully that is going to be a uh, a late burst from this uh, from this bumper harvest that we're having. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. I'm not a huge Logic fan. I find his flow a little bit too choppy for me, uh, by and large. But I think he's he's uh, an interesting cat. He's definitely a, a refreshing change from the the, the the gangster traditionalism that we see. Such a powerful streak of in hip hop. Uh, he's much more bookish and, and slender uh, in the way he goes about his business, and you know he takes pride in being, uh, you know, he's a self-described nerd. So um, I'm interested to see what he what he has to offer. Uh, his tweet was, uh, "Bring back that boom back, bring back that boom back." Third time lucky, bring back that boom pack back for the Rat Pack. It's quite difficult. I, I, go on, say it with me. Bring back that boom pack back for the rap pack. Bring back that boom back back for the rap pack. It's not easy. I trust me. Give it a go. Um, but so hopefully boom back. So this uh, 
classic 90s slappy feel from the old percussion, so uh, I'm hoping we get uh, uh, some good sounds, if, if, if nothing else. And I think we got a real flavour of it with the uh, a freestyle that he released when he previewed this album um, over Method, Method Man's uh, classic single, Bring the Pain. Um, so, I'm excited. That, I, I w- that would be something I listen to, so... Uh, I look forward to it. It'll be his second release of 2018, although the first release was just Bobby Tarantino 2, and that was a mixtape in March, which I, I, I gave him this. I didn't read too much about it, so I didn't get sucked into it. But this seems quite interesting. Purely from that, from those seven words, bring back that boom pack. Third piece of news, the final piece of news, uh, something for you Nas fans out there. We know he was part of this Bumper Harvest as well, one of those seven-song albums with that. Kanye and there's going to be a new release in September but I'm sorry to have have pulled your heartstrings in such a uh, a torturous way uh, in such a sadistic way Uh, it's not going to be music it's going to be fashion Uh, I never knew Nas was into fashion for starters I never really saw him as a fashion figurehead he was always dressed in a cool way but no I never sort of seemed to be ahead of the curve or leading to it. I think he had a very good understanding of what good fashion was, but he was never breaking boundaries or breaking ice in a way that someone like ASAP Rocky was, but um, he's releasing a, a new Escobar season collaboration with renowned hip-hop fashion designer Carl Caney Carney. I say renowned, I don't actually know him, but uh, you know, I don't, I don't want to make myself look a fool in front of you lot. Hey, you vindictive bastards. No, I'm joking. We're all getting on at the moment. But they've dropped previews on their, their Instagram pages, and I, I, I like what I see. Me gusta. So definitely check them out in due course. Um, that's going to come out two days after Logic's album. So after you listen to Logic's album on the 28th, go uh, go buy yourself a nice pullover from, from Escobar season on September 30th. Right. General topic. So this is, I'm kind of pulling on a few things here, uh, but I'm largely drawing on uh, a blog post I wrote, uh, must have been last week, perhaps the week before, uh, which was called Institutional Imbalance to Sport Forgive All. Um, and I, 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 my basic premise was that sport is a much more forgiving place uh, than, than other parts of society, uh, but but. Only on the, you know, that's contingent on when, whether you're challenging the very fabric of the sport or uh, you're behaving badly outside of it. But it was the idea of sport that I wanted to carry on into to the general topic of this discussion and just talk a little bit about the the intertwining and the entanglement of sport and hip hop, which I think's it's it's something here, but it's very prominent in the U.S. Uh, there's that famous expression, um, you know, all ballers want to be rappers and all rappers want to be ballers, and I think that's that's very true. We hear in lyrics uh, and music videos constant references to, you know, the Michael Jordans and, you know, Pusha T, 88 Jordan leaving for the freeway or free throw, free, free throw. God, I wonder how many times that took him in the recording studio. Uh, and then, uh, you know, Drake, 0 to 100, Chef Curry with the six boy and all that stuff. I, I mean laundry list of, of references that I could make, but there's there's always this, not a clash, there's a complete enmeshing of cultures here, um, and 
I, I want to just turn it. I've got to do a lot of a bit of thinking out loud because I didn't really think of an angle for this. I thought it's just an interesting. There, there are a lot of similarities and and uh, between the two. I think some of the interesting similarities and why hip hop is so prominent in sport and vice versa is that firstly it's this idea of competition. Hip hop is one of the, is the only genre in music that I know where rappers are constantly comparing themselves to each other and calling each other out, uh, as this Nicki Minaj debacle highlights. Um, I think that's why it's so popular as well, because it's breaking down this fourth wall that other genres don't have. You know, you don't have the personas almost carry on into real life outside of the four walls of the studio and, and you know the O2 arena. Uh, you know, Coldplay just Coldplay. They're going to keep that persona. That's you're not going to see them calling out Muse, are you? When Muse are actually relevant. But so we get more attachment through this, and I think I think that's the same with the sport. The sport stars. You know, we see these competitive elements. Sometimes that spills over as well. Uh, we see some theatrics. I mean, even in cricket, we get it with Virat Kohli and Joe Root in the mic drop. You know, there's examples everywhere. And then you, and it sort of, it 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 stems in other areas as well. So it stems the wrong word. It, I guess it extends its branches and its leafy furrows into other areas. You know, in 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 places like celebrations, the famous dab. Uh, that was then popularized by Cam Newton in 2015 for the, for the Panthers, um, and then you get rappers that even get involved in the sport, you know, in, in a in a in a business sense and well, in Drake's sense and an ambassadorial sense, he's you know global ambassador for the Raptors. He's there at every game, floor seats. You'll never miss him. Uh, Diddy's looking to invest in buying a buying a team, uh, and you know we had also. Uh, We've got Jay Z, who's who who has his own sports management company, Rock Nation Sports, wherein uh, it's it's well, it's basically a scouting agency that they then manage the players. And uh, off the back of my head, off the back of my head, off the top of my head, they've got Victor Cruz, the the New York Giants receiver, um, and he's also got uh, you know, I think they're mostly he's also got a WNBA player, but her name eludes me uh, at the moment, but. I think they're mostly New York-based players, um, but it's just interesting to see how 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 firmly rooted these two things are. Um, uh, I think another factor is is well, the people that feature in it, I mean, the music, who who the rappers are, and who the sportsmen are. They're both usually, I don't want to generalize, but mostly working class. They're coming from difficult financial backgrounds with an urban upbringing. <coughs> Although that's not universally true, and I think a lot of the messages that the the the, the rappers, you know, express and share, they they're felt very keenly among the the sports community. And when you've got this, you know, large, this big up tempo, tub thumping music, that's going to get your heart beating at a thousand thousand RPMs a minute. RPMs a minute. I was repeating myself, but. You know, it's no surprise that it's being listened to. You know, by the the Trey Beats family when they're hitting the weights for four hours a day, psyching themselves up. You're hardly going to listen to Achy Breaky Heart when you're doing 160 on the pet deck, are you? The answer's no. Uh, so that's I mean I, I spilt into it a bit there, but you know that's another feature. There's the music as well. Um, but it's the the upbringing, and then we we see. Merchandise and rappers, you know, 
advertising on behalf of their sports teams and this this sense of tribalism as well and this competition and this aura. You know, an interesting fact is that when back in the uh, NWA days in the nineteen nineties, I mean, not many people would be wearing the Oakland Raiders merch, but that that saw revenue go up after I can't remember after what year. It was sometime in the mid nineties, but their Raiders merch went from revenue from went from millions to 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 three billion. Uh, so you know, they then hit this extreme wealth at a young age, and and you know when they get to that level of celebrity, paths are going to cross for better or for worse, and sometimes it does, it does get for worse if you if you're Russell Wilson and you pitch up to, to I think it was Philadelphia where they just played non-stop future. Um, for those of you who don't know, uh, Russell Wilson uh, swept Ciara off her feet from a from from future. Uh, and it was all a bit complicated because there was a child involved. But when I say swept off her feet, I'm pretty sure Future and Ciara had broken up. But I think Future wanted Ciara back, and and Russell, he stepped right on in. He wasted no time there. Um, so yeah, uh, very interesting. Uh, and then the last thing I wanted to say about this this general topic, I realise I've been very uh, jumpy because I didn't really have time to clarify my thoughts on the on the train ride home on. Uh, on the Gabbock Express, but uh, I saw this in an Odyssey article, and I think what underpins these two worlds, um, uh, and above all else, uh, it's just there's this mutual respect for, for one another's craft. I think it may not be as vivid, or well, as evident. Sorry, in in um in hip hop, but an artist knows if they've been outperformed, you know that. You will see so many times you know, every rapper name their top five, their top ten. While they might occasionally, you know, include themselves in that bracket, they'll be they'll be honest about who the other nine or the other four are. You know, and there's a there's a common appreciation of of the rappers. You know, that Eminem knows. Well, sorry, you know, people will admit when I so, said so, okay, the game knows when he's been eaten by Eminem, and he'll admit that, and he'll say it many times. Uh, there's there's clips of this happening, and then, and he's one of the most, you know, alpha male, can't do no wrong, type figures. Uh, so when when he's even confessing to it, you know that's when the art's overtaken the bravado, and and, you know, an appreciation stepped in, and obviously in sport, it's there's a pretty clear ranking system, and, um, you know, you see players shake hands at the end of every match, but, although I don't know if they do that. In, in all the other sports, maybe I'm just thinking European. But aside from that, there's there is this common appreciation for 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 what, for what each of them do and the, and the work they put in. So, and in in, in post match interviews, there's there's obviously uh, the the props are always given to the, the the other team first. So anyway, I thought that was an interesting discussion that I had with myself. But I'm sure there are other parts and features that I haven't included. So do, do drop me a line and I'll. I'll be sure to factor that into to feedback next week. Uh, but for now, let's build up. Above all else, this guy is a character. You know, he is the embodiment of yin and yang. And if I didn't know any better, I think this guy's going to ruffle a few of your feathers. Uh, he was born in New York and had an extremely abusive childhood where he, he was beaten up so badly he, he lost a teeth 
He's abandoned by his parents, he lived in group homes. It was a very, very nasty upbringing. So I think that's an important context to, to a lot of the songs that you might hear him produce or a lot of the stories that you might hear associated with him. Uh, he, first uh, he, sorry, he first surfaced on the Source magazine. Uh, Source magazine was a huge taste magazine, particularly on the East Coast back in the day. Um, sort of pre-internet and you know rappers would come to Source and look for their anointment um, and they had this section uh, called the unsigned hype column and, and DMZ, DMZ, god what are we talking about, DMX or, or North and South Korea, oh, god. Uh, so he featured, on, he featured on that and then he made a guest appearance in a Jay-Z record called uh, Make a Move although this was in 1994 and that was two years before Jay dropped um, dropped his first album Reasonable Doubt so he was not the Jay-Z that we know today uh, it's interesting that I always thought the way this guy raps and his general sort of easy come easy go flow well not flow but demeanour uh, I always thought he was a west coast boy but no, no only a few miles from Jay-Z himself although different city which I'll get to uh, he broke onto the, the hip-hop canvas officially with his debut album It's Dark and Hell is Hot uh, in 1988 and that came out to critical acclaim a commercial success uh, which he then followed up on and capitalised on that success with his second album Dot 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 and then there was X which is actually his most popular album to date uh, in, the, in the 20 years since uh, he has been embroiled in some controversy with a, a smattering of, of jail sentences ranging from uh, drugs to tax avoidance to driving without the right permit uh, and to be honest if you go on his wiki page this list of warrants is almost as long as the rest of his page so yeah he, he's he has he's had a few dalliances with the uh, criminal side of society should we say um, he's also the father of 15 children um, not all by the same woman but yeah, that's got him into a few trouble a few times because he's a couple of times he's denied he's the father and a biological test has proved otherwise and he doesn't pay a lot of child support and allowance and it's been a bit messy for him. But that said, he is one of the defining figures of hardcore hip-hop and I would actually certainly put him as a contender for the Hip-Hop Hall of Fame. Um, I'd, I'd need to brush up my knowledge of, of the prereqs to make that Hall of Fame but I think his contribution to hardcore hip-hop, not necessarily hip-hop as a whole, uh, has been insurmountable. Um, he's planning to drop his eighth studio album with Swiss Beats, uh, but that was announced five years ago, so I'm not going to hold my breath on that one. But anyway, ladies and gentlemen, it's Earl Simmons, aka Darkman X, aka DMX. So, like I said, the song I've chosen is uh, <laughs> a tag controversial. It's a controversial pit, but um, and I'll explain why later. But I really want to emphasize the reason why I chose this song is because uh, of its immense cultural significance, uh, its immense impact on the uh, hip-hop game, hardcore hip-hop specifically. And uh, it was actually a song that was used by by Bernie Sanders of all people for his for his walkout music um, when he was at the Democratic convention I can't remember which convention it was but that seemed a bizarre choice but I think it was it may have been a political decision considering he was doing so badly with 
with the black vote against Hillary, but that's neither here nor there. We'll see what happens in 2020. Uh, it's, it's his lead single from his fifth studio album called Grand Champ in 2003. Uh, the song samples from I'll Play the Blues for You by Albert King, um, but it was originally sampled by Big Daddy Kane for the song Young, Gifted and Black, which is a fantastic song. I might do Big Daddy Kane in this season, in the upcoming, but we'll see it. Uh, the, the music video for this song is, is filmed in his home city of Yonkers, which is the fourth, great name by the way, which is the fourth biggest city in the, the state of New York. People always forget New York's a state, there's more to New York than New York City. Um, and you get this overpowering feeling in the song that, well, it, it's got a very localised feeling, but a very global thing. Oh god, I sound like a corporate salesman. We're, we're talking about glocal, okay, glocal. Um, no, but it does have that glocal element, you, you know, he's talking about... The hood in his, I'm punching my, I'm already punching myself because it gets me that pumped. But he, he's talking about the thugs in his hood, his ends, which is in Yonkers, which is where the video is being filmed. And it's, you know, grey with a lot of cages, a few pit bulls. Um, but, uh, you know, what he's saying is at the same time as he's telling the, the, the thugs to, thugs around the world, rise up, you have nothing to lose but your chains, you know. I don't think he was uh, paraphrasing or quoting Marx there, but um, that's kind of the sense I get. Um, and, you know, it's this blood-curdling cry for them all, all over the world to, to stand up and be counted. Now, here's the controversy, uh, the controversial element. There are, I mean, there, there's, no, there's no escaping the fact that there are some explicitly homophobic references in, in this song. They're littered throughout the song. Um, my, the, the, section I've chosen will not make reference to those um, uh, I mean for reference he believed wrongly of course that he, he called these these weaker thugs homo thugs and you know using gayness interchangeably that term uh, weakness um, you know it's, it's a very outdated attitude but uh, like I said I've, I've picked this song for its cultural significance and its impact on the hip hop community and um, I think it does need to be uh, addressed at the same time um, but I'll, 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 we'll get to more of that to later in this third person this third, the start of the third verse which I'm talking about and dissecting uh, he does escape um, does get past this, this tribal aggression rabble rousing a little bit and I think he touched on some particularly pertinent issues you know ranging from black on black homicides to the, the harsh the harsh realities of you know virtue signaling and, and the the positive messages that, you know, failed to swash. So, uh, for the first time in, in dissecting notes of Swell Jams, I'm going to open the, the dissection with the hook because I think the hook is, you know, it's the flesh and bones of the song. It's what makes this, it's, it's what makes this song less an anthem and more, sorry, it's what makes the song less a song and more of an anthem. It completely killed my own momentum there. Where the hood, where the hood, where the hood at? Stop niggas like grapes making wine Five CDs with mad rhymes Don't hit me with that positive shit I know you lying You really wanna stop niggas from dying? Stop niggas from trying Cause I ain't really got that time to wait And I thought I told you to get these fucking bums out my face Looking at you in your grill It might be nice to cut Once I split your ass in two You'll be twice as much So yeah you get these 
these trumpets just pumping in the background, this aggressive clapping that just, you know, it slaps you across the face every time you hear it, and especially when you first heard that song, it's like, wow. It's like, uh, you know, it's this, this, the hook is this almost war cry. It's like when uh, Aurelius, it's like Aurelius from the projects asking his army of thugs, where are you? Where are you? Actually, that was Delia Smith from, from Norwich, but, you know, similar kind of vibe. And it's uh, it's this repetitive questioning that builds this song up into such an unmitigated frenzy. And uh, I, I think it really gets you going. Um, and when he says, you know, leave that person in the cut, by cut he means uh, the middle of nowhere. It's this rural, it's American slang for a rural town because it's made, all the rural towns back in the day were made of wood and obviously they haven't had of steel, which is obviously not true. Um, you know, a lot of the Midwest was actually... They're still making up for the world, so I think uh, DMX is slightly misinformed there. But you know, his whole point is: look, I don't care where you are. I'm going to leave you out there. That's if that's where you're from, um, and I'm going to just pummel you to to God knows what, um, and just let you out to die. Uh, it's an aggressive message, but you know, he's he's come out of prison as a war cry. He's 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 announcing his return, and you better watch out if you're. If you're not on his side or you're deciding to come up against him, which I probably wouldn't recommend. And then, yeah, and it says, you know, where the, and that's why it says where the wood at. I actually never realised that until I, I read the lyrics of this song that it was wood in that second line of the hook as opposed to hood. Um, sorry if I sound like an idiot, but that's the God honest truth. Uh, but then he says, but if they're really acting up or, or misbehaving, he'll set the wolves on them and... You know, wolves are also a particularly prevalent creature in, in, in rural parts of America. More so in the Midwest area. You don't really get wolves in, in, in New York, Pennsylvania. They're more common in, in places like, the, you know, those vast Midwestern states like Montana, Idaho, Wyoming. So I think if DMX is serious about throwing throwing these 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 people to the wolves, um, it's going to have to cross a few state boundaries to get there. But it, there's also the double meaning that wolf is a, is a vicious person. And maybe a triple meaning in the sense that uh, a wolf is an extension of the dog. You know, the dog family is the most vicious version of the of the dog. Um, and, you know, DMX often refers to his own squad and his own thugs as dogs in the song. So maybe it pertains to this idea of man's best friend. And then we get the real clincher, uh, the money shot, if you will, where he says, you better bust that if you're going to pull that. You know, if you're going to pull out your gun, you better damn well squeeze that trigger. And, you know, it's a classic bit of game theory from, from DMX. He's likely banking on the fact that the person will not, in fact, shoot. Uh, while demonstrating his own bravado at the same time, he's saying, Look, I'm bigger than you. doesn't matter if there's a gun in front of us or not. We both know that I'm not getting shot tonight. And I think that's... I mean, it's bold. It's a bold power play. Um, but, I mean, the fact that he's alive to to sing the song probably suggests the fact that he he's so far been been uh, vindicated. So and also that that may be a reference to the to the new crop of rappers who keep going on about gunslinging when they've never actually shot a weapon in their life. That's not uh, a problem unique to DMX. I mean, uh, you hear every new generation talk about uh, the fraudulent state of and debased nature of future generations rappers and it's just uh, yeah it's a it's a it's a trite thing to discuss but hey if it's a common thing it's a common thing and then we move into the third and final verse of the song which is my favorite and that's why i'm dissecting it um 
you know, apart, I mean, having said that, the first few words of the first line, I can't actually decipher about getting tapes doing times. I'm not entirely sure. Um, times, he did a lot of jail time, but I don't understand where the tapes comes from unless he's got, he got tapes and that's why he's doing time. I don't know. I've read it. I mean, I'd love to know if anyone's got any ideas on that one. I'd be very curious to know. But I love that imagery of the of the second part. You know, with stomping, stomping like grapes making wine, which is obviously part of the the maceration process of uh, traditional winemaking. Um, although that practice is now quite rare, rare in, uh, in in wineries. Um, it's a horribly inefficient way of, of fermenting and collecting juice. Um, not that I've ever done it, but. I mean, you can kind of just tell, can't you? Humans are an inefficient beast. Um, uh, but a, a, a fun a fun pastime, I'm sure. Um, uh, I'd love to do it one day. Uh, next line, and then he says, then five CDs with mad rhymes, because this is his fifth album. Um, and, you know, until this album, he, he we, which is, came out in 2003... Uh, you know, he's producing albums at a prodigious rate, at an obscenely fast rate. In seven years, between dropping his first and this album, he's dropped five. That's seven years. That time frame is just unheard of, particularly in the early noughties and the late nineties, when streaming the internet hadn't fully taken off. There was less pressure, less onus on, on the rapper to con- just convey about their songs and tracks. I mean... That's formidable, if you ask me, and I'm, I'm, I've got to say, I never realised just quite the level of his output. I mean, he's ter- certainly slowed down since, but you know, I'm of the belief that every artist can only produce so much before you know the the meter runs dry. I mean, that's obviously not true for everyone, but I do think it is the case for a lot of musicians and actual artists. But the next two lines, uh, you know, I think that for me. They are the most powerful in the entire song, because it actually catches you off guard from all, from all that skull bashing up to this point. DMX, uh, you know, he's throwing in a healthy dose of re- revisionism. I'd say, you know, he's 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 saying, look, this is excessive. This mos- this positive message stuff, you know, it's not having any positive effects on the street. It's it's masturbatory, and 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 he's sick of it. Growing up in 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 the incredibly tough environment that he did, I, I can't really blame him. You know, a song with a positive message, whoever this is directed at, isn't going to lift him out of poverty. It's not going to stop his dad beating on him. So what uses it to X? You know, X just wants these people to, to speak honestly and speak about the truth and the reality of what's going on on the street and to stop to, to sugarcoating it, maybe, and to stop proselytizing as well. I think there's a lot of different ways that can be pulled at. Um, but it's an interesting take uh, on this Niagara of, of, of you know, positivism in, in hip hop and how it, how it really gets criticised. Uh, and then and then this leads on to the next line where you know if they really want to see black people from stop black people from dying and stop them from trying and it's a recurring theme in in twenty first century America that. You know, nearly half of half of all homicides in the country is a result of black on black killing. And considering that black people in America represent a, somewhere between ten to fifteen percent of the population, that's a staggering, staggering uh, overrepresentation. Um, you know, and, and Lucas and I alluded to this in in the last week in, in last week in the Kendrick song, who 
in the final couple of lines of his uh, uh, track, he he attracted some negative press for uh, saying a similar, suggesting something similar um, when he's talking about uh, Travian Martin lying dead in the street, um, and he was attacked for what was perceived as uh, condescension or an attack on his own community, um, when people didn't realise he was he was just talking about himself and his own hypocrisy. Uh, and whether we like it or not, DMX snaps back into his original self in the in the next two lines, uh, telling these these bums to get out of his face. I don't think he means poor or homeless people in 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 the sense of bum, because well, I think just considering where he came from, it wouldn't make a huge amount of sense. But I mean, at the same time, he worked to get out of it. Why can't they? But if I was to interpret it, I'd say that it was something more like. You know, these bums are just leeches who are trying to ride off the success of DMX without actually contributing to anything. But that's just my own interpretation, as so much of music is. And then he starts building up this, this rage again, this momentum, this, you know, the, the, the blood starts curdling again. And he, he says he'll be looking up at your grill, and then this person's cut, so he's not only will he take you down, but he's going to do it in, in your ends, in your cut, uh, out in the sticks. So he's willing to take him on and split his ass in two. He'll be twice the butt. Uh, that was an incredibly poor pun and a weak uh, weak twisting of a, the the grammar of bum there with two t's. But you know, it's not lyrically the strongest. But and that's that's concluded by the way. And that is it's not lyrically the strongest song. Uh, but as so few songs are, um, that's a fatuous point. I apologise. But it's a, it's a very visceral song, you know, you can really feel the effects as soon as you turn it on. From the moment uh, DMX starts barking at the start of the song, which is always quite amusing, uh, you know, you get this this animal unleashed from the within, this, you know, this beast. And uh, uh, just the last thing on the, the, the uh, on DMX, the message of the song, there is it's very convoluted in areas, but there are, like I said, homophobic overtones and... Um, while he may not be expressly homophobic, what he's saying is homophobic, and, and the I think that's a reflection of um, the archaic elements of of hip hop. It's a very outdated institution in, in terms of the way it handles these issues, and obviously misogyny is rife as well. And that was a problem raised by a lot of you in 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 my you know unofficial survey that I sent out a couple of couple of weeks ago, and I think this song certainly represents that, but. I'm hoping as doors begin to open to to, to new minorities and to to new people uh, that this can this this can uh, be a harbinger of change, um, which I think we're headed towards anyway. It's st- still taking some time, and but I mean, let's be honest how how many albums ten and ten ten years ago would even been mentioned about you know having a a, a transsexual model put on the cover as was the case with Astro World, so. I admittedly baby steps and small steps at that, but at least it's moving in the right direction. Um, so hopefully DMS can, can mature along with the times and otherwise he'll just look, he'll, he'll just get left with the times. Move with the times and get left with them. That's a good note to end on, isn't it? Um, but as I said, send me your feedback, send me your thoughts. Your thoughts are what I'm interested in because, you know, I don't want to just do a monologue and preach to you lot, although I'd hardly call this preaching, but I'm always interested to hear uh, what you guys think and, and and what you may not think, you know, or just share a thought, because that's what this all 
this whole thing's about on this bumpy old dusty old trail out in the cut, eh? Look at me referencing the song. But anyway, you might be hearing this on the Thursday because uh, Wi-Fi at my house, um, like my grandma's quilt and my grandma's house, is also patchy. So, like a... Ah, that's another one. A helicopter Apache. But that, so it could take a while. So you'll probably be hearing this Thursday morning. Uh, but I hope you enjoyed it. It's been a good episode. Uh, and I don't know who I've got coming on next week. I may not have anyone. But I'm going to start getting in touch with a few people. As I said, City in a, in a couple of weeks. So I'll have some new equipment. There might be a, a, a small hiatus while I find my feet there. But uh, that'll just be a mid-season, not end-of-season break. So, so fear not. Uh, DLWS fan. But thanks a lot. Have a great week. Speak soon. For what it's worth, it's the MC extraordinaire. The jewels glare, the god is rare. I'm taking pictures back to my lair. I want mines and yours. Stripping niggas to their drawers. No probable cause. With the chrome double fours, it's the Queens, New Yorker. With a bulletproof Parker. In 84, it's Calvin's and British Walkers. Now I'm sipping.